Welcome, friends, to the Soul Talk podcast, a show where we explore and uncover the path to the heart, amplifying your conscience. Join me as we meet incredible souls who are in this journey and learn from their experience and different methods that will make you vibrate your heart. Let's get into it. Today, we have a, a very curious um, interview that I, I, I encountered this amazing man. His name is David. I hope I don't butcher his last name. Elija? Uh, it's uh, Elijah. That's Elijah. actually, I, people usually use my first name, Elijah, but it's Elijah David. Yeah. Elijah David. The prophet and the king from, yes. from the Old Testament. <laughs> that's right. That's right. I'm not religious, though. I want to make that clear straight away. <laughs> no, but I, my second name is Maria, and I'm not even religious, neither. <laughs> <laughs> Maria in, in Mexico, it is the Mother Mary, something like that. But no, I'm not yeah. religious. But I were part, my parents was. <laughs> And he's uh, he's in Australia, and uh, but he have a very interesting topic that he have wrote books that he have um, he's teaching this. It is about the thirteen travelers at Orion Porto Keeper, and that's what he brought my attention. And uh, and even you read his posts and uh, everything, it is so 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 interesting that you don't want to miss it. Actually, you want to follow it because it is very right into the point. At least it resonates completely with me. And I've been uh, reading a lot of his posts and my God, some of them are really that I was needing to hear. And I, I really appreciate your accepting my invitation, Elijah. And uh, tell That's us great. how it got you there. How do... How do you got uh, of the, and tell us a little bit about what is the 13 travelers at the Orion Portal Keepers? How did I get there? Okay, well, that's obviously quite a long story, but I'll try and keep it for 10 minutes or so. Um, actually, I want to start from the end rather than at the beginning, because um, I have a friend, actually, I was on a Zoom call this morning that I organized a few people, and um, he gave me an understanding of what I'd been writing about. He basically put it in in a capsule that, or um, a way that's very simple, like a formula for consciousness. Now, I don't use the word God because the moment you say God, uh, well, most people understand you're putting him, it's usually a him, outside of yourself. And... Um, but from my point of view, you're also creating <clears throat> separation because um, there's something apart from you. And um, uh, we live in, in this realm, in this dimension that we're living in, we live in a realm of relationships. So consciousness is expressing itself through the process of relationship. Now, the formula was uh, consciousness is observing and being, form, and formlessness. So just to explain that further, uh, I'm using the word consciousness, which is uh, we're all one consciousness, and form is self-explanatory. We're form in a body, and also we're surrounded by nature, and 
things. And uh, then there's formlessness. Well, formlessness is is uh, something that people experience, whether they know it or not. Uh, but it becomes more obvious when, for me, I'll speak for myself, when I go into a deep state of meditation where my mind ceases and there's no thought. And in that space, there's no me and that. There's no meditator and experience. There is only pure being and pure existence. So um, uh, that formula, when, when it kind of gels and it comes together uh, for people, we're not really individuals, as we'll probably talk more about later, but uh, when it all comes together in one harmony, then it becomes unity consciousness. And unity consciousness is everything. But the, but the thing that really holds it together, the thing that really uh, makes it such an inspiration is we are unity consciousness, and so therefore we are boundless love. And I love to call it, I, I wrote a post, and it came to me that um, I am, in fact, love without a purpose. And that sounds a bit strange, maybe at first, but because people think, well, if, you know, if I'm a loving, compassionate being, I'm going to save the world, I'm going to save lots of individuals, you know, I'm going to, and then from that kind of feeling of doing something with the love, there comes, you know, a whole plethora of um, healings and workshops and all of those things. And also there comes the idea of ascended masters and uh, angels, archangels and angels. And they, they, then it becomes a whole hierarchy, like a, a ladder between yourself and the source. Of course, in reality, there is no ladder and there is the source is everywhere. Uh, so I'll just tell you a little bit about my life and how I kind of got to be where I am now. Um, I just want to tell a couple of little anecdotes about my childhood first. Uh, um, when my parents were still together, because they divorced when I was 16, um, my mother had a beautiful cottage in England, in the West Country of England. And um, there was a beautiful, it was called Lyme Regis, you know, Regis meaning the king visited. <laughs> and uh, there was something called the Cobb, which was the harbour, it was a granite harbour, which was about 700 years old. And the granite harbour was two tiers. So if I can kind of just draw it, it had a, an outer tier and then below it, it had a, another tier. So it was kind of like that. And this tier, the higher one, pointed to the Atlantic. So when the waves rolled in in a storm, which I loved, they would hit the granite harbour. And um, I would position myself. Well, the first thing I would do is, is, is the the wall was kind of curved as it went round to its seaward side. And when the waves hit it, they would rush over, spray up about 100 feet in the air, and they would come raining down on the inner side. And I would love to run as fast as I could. You remember, I'm only 10, okay? So I'm running as fast as I could around this bend um, on the inside. And if I can just get there in time, then uh, I don't get wet. There's nothing raining down on me. So um, the point I would run to was called the granny's teeth. <laughs> and there was a, the, the inside of the upper tier had these 
well, teeth. They were uh, granite teeth. And near the top of the wall, if I stood on the second to the top and looked over into the abyss, I could see these waves rolling, this, this kind of white waves rolling towards me. And um, I would duck down at the right moment. It was all about timing. And then the wave would rush over the top of me, but uh, I wouldn't get wet. It would just go into the harbour. Anyway, one day I was kind of dreaming away and um, I, um, I ducked down too late. I didn't get the timing right. And I was swept off the pier onto the lower level, swept off the teeth onto the lower level. And um, <laughs> I landed on my head pretty much full force. And I just got up and walked away as if nothing had happened. And, um, well, <laughs> I jokingly say, of course, that probably that's probably why I'm mad to this day. <laughs> anyway, my life took many strange and wonderful twists and turns. And um, maybe I'll jump quite a long way. I had a, I had a guru, but I left him because I... After a few years, I became totally disillusioned with the um, the organization that sprang up around him. And then when he abolished the organization, he started to um, uh, give his knowledge, his initiation online. And um, uh, it, it was like it became very impersonal, just like so many of these teachers now online. And... Um, and so between that and the um, corruption in the organization, see, the problem with teachers is they have what I call a shadow. And the shadow is that um, everyone, their followers will be just jostling around to try and be the, the closest one to the teacher. And it becomes like a competition. And um, so anyway, I don't want to dwell on gurus and stuff. Uh, it, Basically, I'll jump right through to around about the 1990s when I'd already many years before left my guru. And in the 1990s, I went through a series of experiences, which I may get to talk about tonight. Um, experiences with sacred sexuality, um, not Tantra as Western people know it. Um, experiences with... Um, uh, relationship in other ways like um um what was it called not nlp but similar to ln nlp where you learn how to um get over differences between people to clear the differences away emotional differences and um then um in the early part of uh no it was uh actually in yeah the early part of uh, 21st century, um, the 2000s, I met a very amazing woman. Her name was Gabrielle. And um, uh, I'll talk about um, my other name later, which is L O Ra, but L happens to occur in all, pretty much all the angels' names have L in them. And she was amazing. She really was amazing. And she was um, educated in, or she was actually an educator, eventually she became a, a professor in um, English literature. So she was very well spoken, spoke really beautiful English in, in a very intelligent way. And um, uh, she had, um, well, she gave me the name David. 
to add to Elijah, I already had Elijah. And she said, you're full of love and you're David. And um, she, it's just a short, interesting story about her is that back in 1987, she was um, in her bedroom with her husband and uh, her teenage son was son was in a room next door, and um, in the middle of the night, about two a.m., a figure of light was standing at the bottom of her bed, and um, her reaction, which I think probably would be for most people, it wasn't one of like, "Oh yes, you know, this messenger has come to me." It was like, "Who are you in my bedroom? You know, get out of here immediately!" and and anyway, after a bit of a uh, her saying this a few times, he f- finally spoke and he said, she said, who are you? Who are you? And he, he said, I am I'm Francis, Francis of Assisi, you know me as in your world. And um, at that point, she was still kind of, she was actually standing up on the bed against the wall and a husband who had heard the conversation but couldn't see uh, pulled her down to his uh, lap and comforted her. And um, and so the next day when she woke up, she packed all of her things up in her bags and she left her home. She left her husband and her son and she went on this global trotting journey. Um, and the interesting thing about her uh, that that is very strong in my life is that Whenever she became popular, she moved to a new town and she'd give a few talks and then all of a sudden everyone wanted to know her. She would just leave and move to the next town. People wouldn't know where she was going. And so um, she was continually uh, uh, taking away this idea of teacher, someone I can hang on to. And uh, she disappeared out of my life, actually, about six months later. But in the meantime, she she gave me quite a, a personal gift and that we had coffee together on numerous occasions and, and just talked about dimensions and stuff. So um, here I am today, and um, I've got two groups on Facebook. Um, I do a lot of one-on-ones with people. Um I started to do interviews. This is the second one I've done. The reason why I waited so long is that, um, well, I, I was already doing Zoom groups for the last four years. So I have been doing live video, but it's been groups, not one-on-one. And um, I, I love Zoom groups because uh, it's, it's the Zoom groups have no agenda whatsoever goes back to this woman, Gabriel, really. So everyone just comes to the meeting, and there's two invitations, really. One is to be uh, the presence of love, and the other is to be to dare to be empty. Because, you know, when we listen to other people, I don't know if you're experiencing that now, but, um, Melissa, but, um, sorry, Monica, uh, but... Um, you know, you tend to think, well, what am I going to ask next or what am I going to say next? And uh, attentive listening is such a gift. The greatest thing you can give to other people is to be totally attentive. And um, so these groups are very loving and very much the next step, I think, 
to to get ready for and to get familiar with the energies of the new earth that's coming. Anyway, I think I'll leave it there for now and see what see where you want to go next, Monica. I do. I, I want. I have several questions because I did not want to interrupt or I wanted to put attention. I just write it down so like that I don't forget what I was going to ask you, and mm-hmm. so I can put attention. That's how I do it. And I do agree with you. There are tons of mistakes with the gurus. I believe the time of the gurus already ended a while back. Mm. Uh, I don't, cons- I teach classes and so forth. And I don't consider myself a guru because that's, that's a, that's a concept of the ego in a way. It is, um, how I can put it. People, when they start admiring someone so much and the ego goes to their head, they forget that they're also working as they are the rest of the people. They're your teacher and your students also become your teachers at the same time. You're learning in things that they're making you react that you have to work with yourselves and so forth so you can change your state of conscience. When we're, this is going to stop, I don't know. We're learning. It may never stop. Because we're still healing, we're still learning, we're still growing, we're still expanding our conscience. And this applies, like I tell my students, many of them, even the Dalai Lama has issues. <laughs> That's why he's still in this plane. So there is not such a thing, someone that, oh, it's already illuminated and it's already here teaching us. That time, even Jesus, I bet he has things he has to work with himself. Yes. He will share whatever he learned, but it was things that he also, he was needing to work with. And, uh, and that's why, and the many of my, in my experience with the gurus and shamans and so forth, and I have some of them in my family. Um, that's why I don't believe in them. They forget that they still have to work with themselves or else their ego goes to their head and, uh, and they lose themselves. And when the people are admiring them, that's when they, they feel heartbroken or disappointed. But in reality, at the same time, the guru did not break their heart or they did not disappoint them. The expectations are, or the people are the ones that get broken. That's in my experience. And I say it because I, I, never, had, I never had accepted any teacher or any guru because I was born in a family of that. And uh, and they taught me uh, that everybody were listening to them and they see him as the great guru or the great shaman or whatever. But I was the sister and I knew the defects and I knew what they have to work and I knew what. It, and and that's one of the reasons why I don't. That's why I don't. I don't put. I don't give that expectations to them because I don't want to be later on heartbroken too. At the same time, because I know who they are. And we all start, if we're here in this plane is because we're still learning and advancing and growing. If not, we would not, I don't think no human beings that we are not, we can be compassionate, we can have love, yes, but we're here also because we're healing ourselves. That's that's what I believe and that's what I think and that's my experience have given me in respect of the gurus. And, uh, but you haven't answered me a very important question that I ask you. What is, what is the 13 travelers of the Orient portal of keepers? It is the name of the group or, 
or you're a time traveler? What it means? Yeah, I'm a time traveler. I'm a time traveler. But but the first thing I should say is that um, uh, there's two ways to time travel. One is to take your body, uh, which is could be called teleporting, a bit like Star Wars, you know, or some. No, what was it called? Um, that that show, you know, with the uh, the spacecraft. Um, anyway, uh, you either take your um, body with you, uh, uh, or you, you go in a spacecraft, uh, which is actually uh, um, these people are far in advanced. These um, uh, star races that that use these craft, they're far in advance of humanity, maybe a million years or, so, or, or more in their technology. Um, but but still, whenever you need a spacecraft to move from one place to another, then that's limited. It's, uh, it's uh, traveling by separation. And um, the truly highest beings are made of pure light. And uh, they still have some degree of separation, so they still have relationship with other light beings, but they, they either don't fly in spacecraft at all or they have spacecraft that are, that are intelligent, uh, like, um, uh, you know, like uh, just completely can you can give them directions and the spacecraft will actually follow you. Um, so um, that's not really as advanced as just being able to travel by the mind. So once you overcome, once you get to a point where you drop the full sense of self, then uh, you have access to anywhere. You're basically here, there, and everywhere at the same time. You're also, I've talked about being in thoughtless meditation, you're both here and there, but you are that experience that you have in meditation. So it's not separate from you. Um, and also the one I like is we are lover, loving, and loved. So coming back to the, th the 13 time travelers, um, I'm in the earthly plane, and so I speak for the other 12. Um, they just... Um, when I'm writing or speaking or acting or all of those things, then uh, the consciousness flows through me. And I usually, I'm, right now I'm talking, but if I'm writing, then the words just come through. And often there'll be words that I haven't used since my childhood or when I was being educated. I was quite well educated in a private school in England. Um, and uh, I'll see them and I'll think, oh, wow, you know, there's a word I haven't used in a long time. And then some of them I can't understand. So I have to actually go and look them up in a dictionary. <laughs> so um, I love this. Yeah. I love this process of representing the um, the other 12 travelers. Now, some people say, well, do you know who they are? And, well, there are a couple that I've got clues about, but uh, basically that's not important because uh, – I need to talk about the sacred geometry of these beings, okay? So just imagine, um, you can imagine it's on a piece of land, okay? Imagine there's a sphere, uh, a round sphere, and you've dug it into the ground so that the equator of the sphere is at ground level. 
And imagine when you walk in one of four doors, it's all aspected perfectly to north, south, east, and west. When you walk in one door, you, you find a, a circular desk, but it's, it's not, um, not a full circle. It has a circle in, a, a blank circle in the middle. So it's like a strip of desks. Okay. So you sit down and there are 12 chairs and they're swivel chairs. So they turn 360 degrees, right? And, um, so of course the beauty of them is that you can, um, when someone's talking, not only do you listen very intently, but you also can look at them. Anyone in the room, any one of the other 11, you can look in straight in their eyes. And of course everyone's connected by breathing. I'll talk more about sound because I'm, uh, my love affair with, Consciousness, it, it comes through sound, which I'll talk more about. So, um, so you sit around on this a circular desk on the swivel chairs. And if you don't like what's being said, or if you've got something else to do, you can actually turn around in the opposite direction. Then there's a flap in the desk. And this is a vision I've had, by the way, and it comes from Atlantis, but it's not, it's not coming. None of my information comes from the internet. Um, it's all just what I receive. And I'm not a channeler. I want to make that clear because the way I'm talking now about the 12 and me would appear that I'm channeling the other 12. But actually, they're aspects of me. They're, they're my 12 other lifetimes. And they're, they're all aspects of the same being, beingness. And so I'm not actually channeling. I'm just talking for them and um at this particular time on earth of course there are facebook's full of lots of ideas about the new earth or gaia and who's going to help us and who isn't and again i can talk about that too but i'm not a great it might seem a bit strange but we're we're on zoom now but i'm not a great um uh fan of the information that comes through facebook from individuals and from groups because most of it is just hearsay and conjecture. And also, as you said, um, Monica, uh, people are always looking for he spiritual help and, you know, going off to teachers and then they regurgitate what they're, they're learning. Okay. The thing is sometimes the message is very good, but the problem is they idealize the messenger. And that's just, right. Just get the message and that's it. Don't idealize the messenger. The messenger is human and have their own experience and their own healing. Yeah, yeah. Let me just finish the sphere because it's very lovely. Um, it's it's got a white exterior. It's got a uh, the four doors and then at the at the apex of the roof, it's got a, a round um, skylight which lets in very beautiful light. And um, then it has. Um, a glass floor across the equator. So the floor is made of glass. It's half an inch thick plate glass. And beneath the floor is water. Uh, and usually it has crystals in it uh, or colored rocks. We, I, I have colored rocks and crystals and I actually put them in a, a lovely um, container, a glass container and put pour water over them because it brings out the color, you know, you, know, you find them on the beach and they're wet and they look amazing, but then you take them home and they look fairly dour. And I I overcome that by putting them in water, spring water. Now, that's the important thing, that this water under the floor, the glass floor, it, 
it would uh, it would need to be um, spring water from the property where this community is being built. And eventually, the, as as you guess, the community includes actually includes two things: two sacred shapes, uh, which are livable, and one's the sphere, and the other is a pyramid, um, same shape as the pyramids in Egypt. So. Um, on special occasions, uh, one of the people, probably a woman, would lift the flap in the desk and she'd walk over the glass and right in the middle of the, um, uh, the floor, there's a, um, a metal grid with 12 spokes coming out. And right in the very center, there's another smallest sphere. And so uh, I am that in the center and I'm surrounded by the 12, and I am their, imagine a wheel with spokes, I am their spokesperson. <laughs> so, um, yeah, that's probably it for the atmosphere. Um, I just want to say one, one couple of things about um, uh, this thing with teachers, is that um, I, I described a little bit how uh, I hold the Zoom meetings um, with, you know, the group ones. and um, uh, basically, no one is the teacher. There's no agenda, I said before, but there's no teacher. So it's beautiful. So in, in one moment, I can be your teacher, and the next moment, you can be my teacher. And everything is happening in its own timing. Sometimes I do a very bit of light facilitation, but generally speaking, uh, if there's a silence in the meeting, uh, then I invite people to enjoy that silence. Silence is a golden because that's the space between things. Like, um, what I mean by that, the space between things is in your busy day, uh, there are spaces, you're, you know, you're held up in the queue at the bank or you're driving a car or, or whatever, and there's always time to tune in. You know, like people say, well, I went on this retreat or, you know, I listened to this teacher and I became so tuned in, I, my mind had almost disappeared and all I experienced was laughter and love with all the people that were there. But then I went home to my job and my life and within days I felt totally estranged and totally out there again. Uh, well, of course, learning to enjoy the space between things is the way that you develop this love affair with consciousness throughout your day. And um, also, um, I've, got, uh, I've got that red, lovely Indian thing with sequins on it, but this wall here is um, just a bit off-white. But if I look at it, I can see it right now, it's just covered in little flashes everywhere. Uh, sometimes I, I call them wrigglies because they're either just flashing well, they're wriggling. <laughs> um, same thing when you look at a blue sky. That's really a good place to look for them. Um, in the daytime, you see a blue sky, and it's full of wrigglies. Um, and, um, yeah, so... Um, it's like a green. Cool. It's, it's, like, it's like a green. Yes. I, yes, I see that everywhere, uh, that green. So it doesn't, it's not visible all the time, but sometimes when there's in the dusk or in the morning, it is easier to see it, to observe it. The green yes. everywhere. Yeah. Yeah. I see it when um, I just see it everywhere. Like I, I, I tr when I talk about the spaces between things, I kind of, um, 
I spend time looking at the corner of the room or I look vaguely out of the window at, at, at a branch of a tree blowing in the wind or I go into the, the bathroom and I stare at the um, tile floor and I start, I focus beneath the floor while I'm looking at it so it gets depth. I'm turning the two-dimensional world, sorry, the three-dimensional world into um, a higher dimension where there's uh, uh there's thing are, things are happening on two levels, or objects are happening on two levels. So, um, yeah. What would you like to? You've got something have, else for me to speak to? Yes, I have. Um, well, just to understand, I understand perfectly that uh, what you were saying that you're not a channeler, because I am a channeler, but I also am an experiencer. I receive messages, but at the same time, I being in a spaceship, and uh, and in that spaceship, I got to meet my family of the light, that I was part of it, and uh, and I still remember the floor and everything. It was and the vibration on all of them, but I I can't say how many they were. They just uh, they just presented themselves with me, so like that when they come and talk to me. Even if I don't see them, I I will know their vibration, and that's the messages that I receive. Uh, and I know specifically from where because I've been there. If that's your case, or or because I know there is a, a part of me right now in this moment that it is in a spaceship on top of my house, and she's a playadin, and that's me at the same time, because for for. Come on, the 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 idea of, of time it is a, a construct of the human being because we were needing to force it and put it in a little square to understand it better, but that became a limitant for all the human beings. So uh that's the that's that's what you're talking about, about the, the twelve beings that is you at the same time as it is here. So you're talking for yourself in a way. Yeah, I could get into another little story about that to explain where these um, the original star races came to Earth to help, and they are present on Earth now. Shall I tell that story? Yeah. So in 1948, there was this um, incident, famous incident called Roswell, which was in New Mexico. And um, uh, basically two spacecraft crash-landed alien craft crash landed on earth and um anyway the upshot of all of this is uh, one of them survived uh the crash and uh survived and eventually an alliance was formed between uh that alien's race and actually a group of star beings that uh have called themselves the alliance or the galactic alliance okay so in the 1950s, um, uh, we, we were moving from into the age of computers, the very first computers, and very crude in those days, but still the, the idea was there of computing. And um, that silicon technology, which, um, Monica, you and I are using right now, uh, is um, was given to us. And that's been developed in the 60 years or so since to the point now where they have quantum computers, which is the, actually they have them, but they haven't uh, they haven't come out yet because um, they haven't yet perfected them um, 
So uh, a couple of interesting points of history um, since then. In 1960, President Eisenhower, the U.S. president, was leaving office and he gave his last speech uh, on television and he warned the American public uh, that the biggest uh, threat was the the, um, military-industrial complex, he called it. And um, so he left office, and in, in the next, you know, obviously, um, I, uh, Kennedy came in straight away, um, and he, uh, Jack Kennedy, and then he um, he wanted to get rid of the, um, the CIA, and he, he he started to put it in motion, and at the same time, he was going to get rid of the Central Reserve Bank of America, which is a private banking corporation that sets interest rates and basically there are a bunch of mafia outsiders sorry insiders <laughs> they know what's going to happen on the stock market so um uh so if we jump to the present this is a really interesting part for me this is the reason i tell this story is that most the most of the people on Facebook, I'm, I'm talking probably 95%, maybe there's 5% that are really beginning to get this sense of oneness now. But even when you have a sense of oneness, if you have a sense that there's someone, a secret world government or a Illuminati or a cabal or whatever they call it, and they're somehow, they're the bad guys, you know. And yes, I'm unconditional love, you know, I'm boundless love, but they're the bad guys. Uh, it doesn't gel. It's just not. It just doesn't. It's it's not true. It's not. Um, it doesn't have any uh, authenticity about it. So um, a, a lot of people. And again, I, I love everyone. So I'll talk to anyone on Facebook, and every day I do. Um, so I have no judgment. Um, but I, I I just notice that people are always. Uh, I'll tell you why they're like that. It's because when, when the very first, this is another story, but I'm not going to tell it now, but when the very first, um, the one, split into two, it split into the father and mother. And just a very little part of the story, so you understand, um, uh, the father and mother um, appeared, and then the father felt she, he had felt disturbed by her movement because he'd been meditating for eons and eons and eons, and suddenly she started to move. Anyway, he pushed her into the void. She span off, and um, she was in pure terror. So terror and rage are the most primal emotions. But just to say something more about them, when you don't clear them prior to intimacy, then they get passed down to your offspring. Okay. So the people that I'm talking about on Facebook, you know, they're running off to teachers and they're running off to, you know, information. They're running here and there and they're, you know, in all the Facebook groups. And, um, but underneath all of that active mental activity is this feeling of, terror and rage, one of them or the other, or sometimes both at the same time, pretty much. And um, so this is the reason why people are constantly criticizing this these beings. And of course, there is some cause to criticize them. They've kept this secret for quite a long time, uh, 60 years. And um, 
they are um, uh, they appear to be hoodwinkers, you know, keeping keeping everything away from us. Especially if you go back to Nikolai Tesla and the advent he he, he um, invented a machine that would create free energy. Um, so um, uh, basically, we've been denied a lot of technologies uh, over the 20th century, in particular, um, and. Um, so um, uh, they, so who are they? They are a group of um, star beings, as I said, star races, and they are um, allied to us. This faction, it's actually mainly in the military rather than the industrial complex, although they are in both. Um, uh, <coughs> they have a lot. Of, they have technology, which I'll talk about in a minute, but, which we don't know about. Okay, um, but um, they um, uh, the kind of bottom line of this, really, that the kind of crux of it is that look at what's happening right now. We've got this war in Ukraine between Russia and U Ukraine. Humanity still appears. The collective consciousness of humanity still appears to be very childlike and bellicose and dangerous. And so uh, this alliance feels that we're not ready for, for a galactic community civilization yet. So they're kind of waiting on the sidelines. And um, there are various ways that, that this awakening could happen. Uh, the most perhaps obvious one is that some form of disclosure it's known as disclosure, uh, whereby um, uh, these races are introduced in the public media um, and they get to um, express what they're doing. And, of course, that would be profoundly, uh, pretty much all of humanity overnight would be um, awakened through that just by knowing that we're not alone in, in the galaxy or the universe. And uh, yeah, just to come back to the, uh, their technology, um, they, I should say we have, but they have uh, uh, spacecrafts that uh, work on, they're called electrogravitic technology, electricity and gravity, and they actually bend space time. So, um, so the upshot of this is that we can go from Earth to Mars in eight minutes, pretty quick. And, um, of course, you'll say, well, what about the um, space programs? They're off to Mars and, you know, space um, is, you know, you've got Elon Musk and the others, and they're, they're all uh, developing spacecraft, which are pretty amazing. And um, uh, so that's all happening, but that's only on the surface of things because, remember, there is no knowledge uh, of what's really occurring in terms of of uh, space technology, and um, so I might leave it there and see if you've got anywhere. I know yeah. there are many um, rabbit holes. That's how I call it: the conspiracy theories, yeah. and then get lost in any of the rabbit holes. And you just stay there forever, and you don't expand your open to other things and there are more things beside conspiracy theories and mm -hmm. more in the in in the ascension and i was one of them 
but hey, the conspiracy theories help to wake up people that something is going on. But you can drop it <laughs> after a while, drop it so you can move on and to understand the what is unconditional love and the unity and so forth. Because at the end, even our ego, I, I hear many people like, oh, I want to get rid of my ego. Like, no, you have to become friends with your ego because it's part of you. And you have to forgive yourself or else you're going to be stuck forever where you are. And that applies also for the cabal or whatever it is. And uh, we're going to continue being stuck in there. So, yes, I have seen that so much that I, I do try to stay away from them now because there's no end for for them. It is continue. They choose because we have the free will to stay there and talking uh, when you mentioned also the disclosure is not going to I don't think it is going to be uh, the governments are going to tell us because it's, it's a business for them like the religion it is a business for them if they actually say it what is going on in reality they're not going to say it. the disclosure is going to come from us people like you and me or some beings that are hopefully uh, they intervene and uh, that I doubt it because, like you said, we are not ready. The majority of the human beings, so just a few of us, are ready for disclosure in reality. And the ones we, but not everybody is. There's still a lot of afraidness that the governments and the religions have installed. And that's why they still keep us in there. And talking about that, I want to go uh, with that point. I would like to go. You chose in the name of the uh, 13 travelers at the Orion portal keeper. I have felt, and this is, I'm not talking about when I'm saying the Orion, I'm not talking about I have read or what other people have told me in Facebook or in social medias or what I, YouTube channels, whatever. I'm talking what I feel every time I connect to Orion. There is a, it's a heaviness in Orion in what I have in my own experience. And uh, and that's why when you said portal keeper from Orion, that's what it, it also brings my attention is what do you mean portal keeper from Orion? When I I do feel that heaviness every time I just connect with with that constellation. Okay. Um yeah the portal keeper. Um uh there's a connection, okay? There's a line of consciousness. Uh, again, uh, we're speaking distance, time, and space, so we're not speaking of the fundamental level of oneness, which is a field of consciousness, a liquid light field, uh, which can be referred to as the quantum field. Um, but we're talking about um, a line of consciousness within form to some degree that starts with the so you could call earth the frontier of consciousness the wild west <laughs> the wild frontier of consciousness and um and so in the case of orion it's connected to the three pyramids on the giza plateau uh in cairo egypt and I actually put out a post. Um, you can actually super superimpose the three stars in Orion's belt over the pyramids, and they fit exactly over them. So um, 
you could go in many different directions here, but basically the um, uh, the two the three uh, largest pyramids are um, they have no hieroglyphs at all, uh, and so the, there's a certain amount of corruption that goes together with Egyptian archaeology because they want it's nationalistic; they want to protect their own monuments and their own secrets. You know, you so um, that as a Mexican. <laughs> As a Mexican, I can understand that completely. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, you've got those wonderful Mayan and all of that down in the Yucatan Peninsula. And we're going to protect our own, too. <laughs> yeah. I love this stuff. Um, uh, I, I, I'm not interested in conspiracy theories, but I am interested in um, ancient hi history. Um, because in the case of Egypt, uh, if they do use hieroglyphs, which they do in the Valley of the Kings and Queens, up further north at Luxor, um, they, um, uh, the hieroglyphics are symbols. It's a, it's a language in symbols, but it's a visual language, right? A bit the way, a bit similar to the way the crop circles, which are going to, we're into April now, soon we'll start to see crop circles, especially in England, although they happen everywhere. But in England, um, there's a website you can follow which is actually called cropcircleconnector.com, but there are actually quite a few websites. Uh, but the thing about the crop circles is they're, they're like, um, they're a subliminal way of giving us a message. And it's, what a beautiful message. I mean, I, I'm in love with the crop circles. I can't wait for them to come around each year. Uh, and it, it would help when you look at the circles, it will be helped to uh, look a bit like I did with my bathroom floor, uh, it's helpful to look at them as, as a spherical uh, sacred geometry rather than two-dimensional on the field. Mm -hmm. Just just visualize that. Um, and um, so there's the pyramids, there's the three stars in Orion's belt, and then there are two other important, um, there's one's a constellation, and actually, when you look up at Orion, uh, which moves from the southern hemisphere to the northern hemisphere, as the, the Earth will wobble. Um, and um, so on the one hand, you've got the Pleiades, Pleiades, whatever you, however you say it, the Pleiades, and uh, those beings. And then if you look 45 degrees to the right, you see um, Sirius. And Sirius is a binary star system. It has a, a very large star, uh, which is a little bit red, so sort of an older star. And around it is a, a, what they call a white dwarf, a very small star. And actually, just as an aside, the white dwarf has another planet going around it, which is a water planet. It has no land. And our dolphins and whales, or Cretaceans, they telepathically travel there and backwards while they're here on Earth. That's their home planet. Okay. So, um, so now if you can visualize, we've got the, um, it's like becoming like a family tree almost. We're at the bottom of it. And then we're looking up and we're seeing Orion. And then we see, um, Pleiades and Sirius. And then basically we go back to, the center of the galaxy. What's important about the center of the galaxy is that it has uh, a huge black hole, um, which the Mayans, uh, your neighbors, <laughs> gave the name Hornapku, 
uh, and Hunabku. I call her the, the mother of the galaxy, and uh, she is the great black hole. And I always, when I write that, uh, I write it W in brackets and then hole, because um, she's both a hole and she's the hole. <laughs> and um, so, um, yeah, it's it's. Um, I, I love cosmology as well. It's like um, um, the black hole contains what they call singularity. And the interesting thing about information is when information comes from other parts of the galaxy and it, 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 it's attracted like the black hole sucking in light, information is light, then it, it remains on what's called the event horizon of the black hole. Uh, but if you were able to get into that black hole, which I think you can energetically, then it has a point. It's kind of like an hourglass, you know, like that that shape, you know. Um, it has a point in the middle here. And that's what's called singularity. So it's infinite mass. And um, uh, it, so everything is condensed into one point, uh, a pointless point. <laughs> and then... From my point of view, it then extends outward again, the other part of the hourglass and uh, the sand glass, and uh, it becomes a white hole. And then another universe is formed from the white hole. And um, you could say um, at the beginning of this universe, there was a big bang and everything expanded by a process called inflation. And uh, within a trillionth of a second, the whole universe was pretty much in place. That so was an incredible bang, and um, so um, it would have created. So basically, the universe comes from a black hole too. But behind this black hole is this singularity, and the universe kind of the way I like to put it is because it goes out. It starts at singularity, and it move, evolves to multiplicity, and then it comes back again, returns to singularity. So it's can. It's like breathing in and out and in and out like that. I have a, so, um, do you have an answer to the question? Are you a, a, a portal keeper of Orion? Because you just told me it was the three pyramids that they're pointing to the Orion. Uh, but but are you are a, a, a keeper of that portal? Yes, yeah, we the thirteen of us are, yeah. But it's um, it's another really important thing about this. You could call it a role because it's physical, and we we've got a purpose in that. Uh, and uh, the purpose, I suppose, I would say that our purpose is to um, is to um, give people a direct way of going back to the mother, uh, but also to exclude any negative energy that that might not be appropriate to come through that portal. And actually, Orion is uh, uh, Orion's a particularly unique constellation because, because of this um, portal, uh, intergalactic wars have been fought over it. And um, so it has a certain kind of ominous feel to it. And actually, that, that opens up something I really want to say. But I'll, I'll, um, So, yeah, we have the role, but the role is all roles are temporary. Because the moment you become attached to your role, you've created uh, separation again. Um, you know, see, consciousness talks through us, through with the capital, capitals. 
And the moment you take ownership for what you for your role, uh, you become lost, basically. Yes. You've diluted it. Um and um okay, I might leave that there and see where you want to go next. And the purpose in this timeline that you are here, what it is. What is the timeline? You mean what's happening now? No, what is your purpose or your mission or... Oh, my mission. Yes. Uh, or our mission, the 13 of us. Um, well, actually, uh, thanks for asking that. It's um, it's becoming clearer and clearer to me. Um, the vision is always there, but because I, don't, I live without an agenda, I don't see the vision until it's appropriate. So when you have a superpower or a lot of knowledge, you tend to want to... Um, hang on to it you know like or use it if you can't use your superpowers without without love without boundless love then you you won't develop them um so um uh, we would like to create a network of communities around the planet and these communities will be part of the they'll be built on the grid actually this crop circles are too um They'll be built on the node points where the um, where the geometric shape, which is actually a tetrahedral shape, um, where they cross. And um, uh, we're going to have. It's important to have a sphere and a pyramid at the centre of each community, because um, Atlantis was a very advanced civilization. And in fact, some people say, well, towards the end it fell apart, but that wasn't true, really. It was actually a, a physical physical event that destroyed it, and basically a a, um, a comet struck the Earth, and it, it was originally ten ten miles wide, but when it was flying, but it, it disintegrated into ten pieces about a mile wide, and one of them hit. Well, one of them hit the um, the ice pack, the ice cap in Canada, and. Uh, all the water around the planet, pretty all the ice pretty much melted overnight, and uh, the sea level rose by 178 feet, and um, uh, most of humanity perished because not only was the sea level rising, but when you get an impact like that, it creates a lot of dust and uh, it makes the planet dark. But there were survivors, a yes. few Atlantean survivors, and... Um, they went to different parts. Some of them they went to Latin America, other ones they went. From they went. Places. They went everywhere, but they started in uh, southeast Turkey uh, with uh, a, a wonderful Neolithic monument called Ubeki Tepe. Ubeki Tepe. Slightly hard to pronounce, and Ubeki Tepe. Uh, was 50 times less large as Stonehenge. Um, it, it contains all sorts of strange, the one, the part of it's been excavated has these, uh, like T shaped, like a column with one balanced on top. Um, but it's, it, the, the actual location is called, uh, the Potbelly Hill. Uh, it's translated as, and, uh, basically the pot, the Potbelly. Like a pregnant woman is just full of um, stones and in, in shapes and geometric shapes, 
And so it's interesting that um, the first um, uh, the first uh, Egyptian survivors to come there, they also were the first the first agriculture occurred at the same time on the planet. That's where agriculture originates from, because of course they had to um, they had to stay in one place, so they had to eat. Um, and um, yeah, so Abaktotepi is the oldest um, the oldest man made object on the planet that's that survived the ice age. Yeah, I have seen that. So that's our sorry. Our mission is. Um, I think I've covered it. Is that um, obviously? I mean, I can talk about the new Earth and what I my vision for the new Earth, but um, uh, maybe I'll say one thing about that: that um, women. Um, I did say. Uh, uh, did I say earlier in the piece? I may not have done, but women when uh, some uh, Homo sapiens first evolved on Earth. Um, uh, the human brain was in the process of evolving. It was getting, so the head was getting bigger. So women were suffering more and more blood loss and uh, mortality during ch childbirth. And um, so um, the men would go out and, and collect meat, hunt, hunt for meat, and they would bring them back to the women, and the women would eat the meat, and they'd get iron from the meat because they needed iron because they were bleeding, right? <laughs> That's the story. And um, so um, in the new earth, women won't bleed anymore. That's the good news, especially for women. Um, and uh, they will go back to the original story that I told about the about him and her, mother and father, uh, they, they will, um, when they make love, they will give birth on orgasm simultaneously to spirits. And these spirits, the beautiful thing is the spirits don't really need childbearing. Uh, they just, uh, they just uh, appear, appear fully imbued with all of their senses and their awakeness and so forth. Uh, the new earth is um, still physical, but it's uh, like, I would call it translucent. The beings and the planet is kind of three quarters light, shall we say? And um, so, so the women and and the couple don't have to look after the the the, the light being. Um, and so, it gives everyone much more chance to use their psychic superpowers and to develop their. Uh, abilities on Gaia um, for for a thousand years. This is the old prophecy. Uh, people will be able to stay, and then they get a choice whether to leave or not. Um, but the thing I really want to say is that the last creative power they have is the power to create stars. So human beings will create stars, just like the the original creator of the universe. So there's a lot to do. There's a lot. There's a lot to look forward to. It's <laughs> all sadness in there uh, because I understand. I am a woman, and uh, and I the religion is the one that I have put the feeling of women dirty and nasty when they bleed. I am maybe yeah. one of the few women that I will I loved when I was bleeding. Yeah, and I actually miss that 
time when I was bleeding. And I, I, I want to go back to that time when I was bleeding. And there's, uh, that comes from the religion that women were dirty. Yeah. Because they were bleeding. So in reality, it makes me sad thinking that in the new earth, I'm not going to have that womanhood that it makes me feel actually I can give back that to the mother at the same time. There are many ceremonies, ancient ceremonies before the church that they did not make us feel dirty. And the men felt it like that for them, but that, that's their issue. And unfortunately, the majority of the women, they reject themselves. And that's a part of them when they stop rejecting themselves. That's when actually they can become better themselves and even mm. heal themselves emotionally, mm. mentally, physically, mm. and through our, uh, through our bleeding. So it makes me sad that uh, in, in this vision that uh, of that uh, new earth, that I hope it didn't happen, that we continue bleeding, but without the rejection that we have to ourselves. It's like men having problems with an erection. Mm-hmm. And, you know, and it's, uh, it's like they would say, why don't have, I'm going to have any erections? And they will have mm-hmm. issues with that. The same applies for women when we're in our period, mm-hmm. in our youthfulness. In yeah, our, I have, I have, sorry, go on here. So, yeah, that would, that, that would make me sad if that changed. I would yeah. like to think that they will, we will not reject ourselves. Yeah. Well, um, how can I put this? Uh, maybe I'll look at it this way. Um, I mean, when you start to talk about the rise of the sacred feminine, which is not women, really, it's the, it's the feminine side of us. We're both male and female. Mm-hmm. And of course, coming into sacred union is the, is the joy of it. Um, so, um, just imagine that, um, uh, when in, in family, you have the father, the mother, the son, and the daughter, right? So, uh, there's an attraction, of course, between the opposites. So the mother would sit opposite the son. Imagine they're in a square, which is also a circle. Of course, if you square inside of a circle, it's called squaring the circle. And if you have the mother opposite the son and the father opposite the daughter, then the one I want to talk about mainly, well, perhaps I'll quickly mention the others, but the one that I really want to mention is the daughter because the daughter represents sexuality, the mystery, and the wisdom of the wound, kind of her essences. Now, the wisdom of the wound is 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 the memory of the original cause, which is the story I told about the the father and mother, and the fact that they didn't get on because they hadn't cleared their emotions before sex sex. And um, so when she menstruates, she's remembering that experience, and that's why it's very emotional for her. Because the mother did um, not teach her how to love herself completely including her blood and that's a problem of the majority of the mothers that we do not teach our daughters how to actually love our femininity i did that ceremony with my daughter when she had her period the first time we celebrate it and i don't know many mothers that do that with their daughters like this is a celebration because finally you can 
give this back to the mother and at the same time you can heal yourself. Unfortunately, yeah. I not knew all this information when I was younger. I knew this when I lost it. And I just have the pleasure to have it for the last time. And I healed myself from lupus, arrhythmia, depression, and so forth when I give back that blood to the mother. So there are many things that there are many teachings that they've been hiding from men at the same time, even through women. Because there's that rejection and that fear of not being accepted or this uh, to themselves. That they're, they're hiding all these teachings. And if these teachings have to come out, because it's like saying to a man, don't have an erection. I don't care what happened. Not even when you wake up, don't have an erection. That is wrong. You're going to be so happy when you don't have one. Really? No, <laughs> the same apply for women. The men enjoy their erection when they wake up. But the women, we should also, all of us, enjoy our time when we have our period. You speak yeah. beautifully. You speak <laughs> very beautifully. That's lovely. Um, but do you have something else to say? Uh, we're already... Uh, I've got... I can go on forever, but you just tell me when you want to end. It's fine. I think we've done a bit over what... Um, Will you have a last uh, message that you would like to say? An hour and a half, an hour and a half, yeah. Um, I really just want to continue with this thing of the masculine and feminine because... How about if we do another show that we actually, okay. we talk about the masculine and the feminine? Because I'd, lo I'd love to, yeah. It needs to be talk about this. It needs to be more open. And not with this, it should not be a taboo. Yeah, we should open this this discussion. And, yeah, and so like that, actually, it is more open, and we need yeah. to talk about this. Yeah. Okay. So if I can just sneak sneak the end of the the description of the family, uh, I've talked about the daughter with um, the mystery, sexuality, and the the memory of the original cause. Well, the mother is well. Obviously, she's the the mother. She's the childbearer. So she's she's basically just full of compassion and love. Uh, the son, who's opposite her, is uh, he has what's called the purity of truth, and he's um, you can see Jesus and the son as one. Really, that that there's always this um, feeling of uh, trying to maintain the purity of the message. And, and, and not dilute it with distractions. And the message is always love, boundless love. And um, the father is an interesting figure because um, the father is obviously structure um, and he's kind of the builder and the maintainer. So he's the creator and the destroyer. And so why do we need this destruction? This is really important because you can't, create a new civilization until the old one's fallen away. And uh, that's the message of the father. Um, so he, he is very important. And so basically the, the four archetypes, their archetypes um, are coming together again in the center of the circle to just be the presence of love. And um, yeah, <laughs> everything, everything is 
everything is cyclical. You know, why is it? Why is it so? This is probably my last message. Why is it so important that the universe is circular, even the seasons and everything? And you know, you look at a tree, and it, you know, its kind of branches are going out, so it's obviously a bit symmetrical. But at the same time, the branches are bending, and each tree is different from the next. So there's this wonderful dance between order on the one side and chaos on the other, and they're coming together. And order represents the masculine, the father, and chaos represents the mother, the feminine. Okay, so um, uh, basically, the, why is the universe the way it is? It's because the very f even though when you talk scientifically about matter, you talk about the quarks and uh, the Higgs boson, which is called the God particle. This is all sub subatomic things that are there. Uh, energies um but when you talk about form then the original shape is the tetra tetrahedron now a tetrahedron is well it's an equilateral triangle but you have to imagine it again as a pyramid in three dimensions so um uh, the universe is comprised of pyramids uh, this is not the same as the um the square based one in egypt it's actually it's actually just pure energy this is pure energy it just moves if you put two of them together the masculine and feminine the masculine faces upwards and the feminine faces downwards and then you get the, the star tetrahedron uh which of course people in two dimensions call it the um star of david but it's not that it's the star tetrahedron it's again it's sacred healing uh, sorry sacred union you have that technology, and, um, right? Yeah. And um, so the thing I really love is is the what's called the platonic solids, which are really important, even though they were somewhat um, – they didn't really appear in contemporary science. Uh, although you'll see them, if you Google them, you'll find them on in Google very easily. Uh, so basically, there's a circle or a sphere, and inside that sphere, um, you can have a cube, number one, you can have a tetrahedron, number two, and each one of them, the points touch the inside of the sphere. Uh, so then you can have the five-sided, which is like a pentacle, um, and then you have the icosahedron, uh, which is uh, has 12 uh, 12 faces and then you have the um the dodahedron which has five faces like football <laughs> on all around with five faces um so uh, I, I love this stuff it's like um it co corresponds to the five inner senses or innocence innocence and um uh, uh the sphere is pregnant with the plot platonic solids <laughs> so plato of course goes back to um we go around in a circle and plato actually of course uh, talked about um atlantis um so yeah um Thank you beautiful so stuff we live in a beautiful universe a mixture of order and chaos <laughs> we need to later on make another another episode so like that, we can talk about all, um, way more things that I can. We have to talk. Okay, yeah, I love that. I really, really enjoy our conversation, and I really thank you. 
for your time. And thank you, thank for you for your time and your, your effort in putting it together. It's lovely. Thank you so much. And, and I thank all your spectators. Please, if this resonates with you, share it uh, with your friends. And, uh, and we appreciate your presence. Thank you. Okay. Thank you. Thank you. This is Monica Ramirez, and we're in Soul Talk. Thank you for joining me today. I would love to share with you my transformational system, Path to the Heart, that I created just for you. Head over to monicaramirezwarrioflove.com and you will find free resources. In there, you can download a masterclass in how to stop being people pleaser and meditations to get you started.